Zach B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to Lat B MMA Podcast. It was such a fun weekend. We made so much money. She's reaping the benefits as we speak. As we speak. To this day, making money off of the last fight card that we had that weekend being off of the chain. If you haven't heard, it's at Fight to the Roundtable. We meet up with people and talk about the star-studded event we had with Sandhagen knocking out Marias. But, of course, the kick that was heard around the world. Joaquin Buckley knocking the living daylights out of uh, Kisangane there, turning into one of the most viral clips that the UFC has ever had. So, star uh, history-making event. How did you do over the weekend? Come in, in it. I think I went eight of whatever, whatever the amount was, eight of 11, eight of 12. I don't know how many exactly there were. Right. Uh, I Great really showing. enjoyed the weekend, though. I thought the fights were amazing. Um, even the Buckley kick you were just talking about. If uh, Kasong or what? what's his name? It, the Impa, Impa. Impa. If if Impa was a walkthrough fight, it might it might have been whatever. But Impa, no one considered a walkthrough. People were liking his trajectory in the UFC. So the kick was just so once in a lifetime. It was so once in a lifetime. I as long as I've been watching UFC, it, it's become my more favorite knockout. The more I've thought about it since since you've been watching, since I've been watching, I never seen a kick like that. So well. All of us, nobody has seen a kick like that in MMA yet. But I feel like this is the Anderson Silva Showtime kick. Uh, well, two different kicks, but the straight up the center that Master Steven Seagal showed Anderson Silva or that Showtime kick, it was just the first time we saw it. Now that people know that it's actually effective, you know, you could see a Yair Rodriguez landing something like that. Easy. He's that type of fighter. He has that type of explosiveness. So I, I think it just opened the door to a different technique. Calf kicks were nothing three years ago, two years ago. Now, if you're not throwing a calf kick, you're considered a simpleton as far as at being at that ex- next level. Yeah. In I, my I, I don't know if it's going to be something that everybody starts to train. Um, like, oh, when you get your foot caught, this is – but I definitely – Zach Herman is never throwing that. It, it it definitely though changes. It's there is an option now that wasn't there before. It's like when Tony Hawk did the nine hundred. It's like I, huh. it just and who knows what that jumping kick flip or whatever that kind of thing. Whatever that what was that spinning heel kick? I don't know what that kick was. Uh, I, it was a taekwondo kick. Uh, spinning heel, spinning back kick. Some will call it after the catch. So. I they'll the name will come about soon enough, but it, I believe it's a very Taekwondo style type of a kick. What else? It was a good enough fight that we saved the huge recap for fights of the round table. What, but what else were some of your favorite parts? I of- mean, my favorites minus two forty Dacus that I had a big underdog play on. That guy made my entire night. Uh, not only that, uh, was hesitant to pull the trigger, but should have on Buckley Evil Twin, who we didn't have on the show, was all over Buckley. Um, but I ended up going 9 of 11, only placing 70th on topology in the world. So ended up doing all right. Got a couple perfects. Again, that Doc is play being one of those big ones. What was another heavy one that uh, worked out in our favor? There were so many. I mean, it was the decisions at the beginning of the fight card were inter- 
entertaining fight of the night potentials. And then it just got better as it went. Um, and that opened up with decisions. I mean, go back and watch that. I can't even think of the name of those two gentlemen. I just remember it was a badass fight. Tahuri came in and made a huge showing. Tapuri, who we were talking about, saying he looked good on the ground against the law. That hell, hell of a match as well. Uh, really fun ground game we had going in there. As far as other specific bouts, um, knockouts, knockdowns, how many more were there? There was like three others that I can't even think of. I mean, Dacus would have got the knockout of the night as a couple other guys, but you got to give it to Buckley. All of those $200,000 they're talking about. Well, Sanhagen is the other one that was a spinning heel kick. That would have been a highlight of the night any other time. That would have been performance of the night, highlight, knockout of the night. Sanhagen would have won all the money, but Buckley stole the entire show. Duplessis came out and face-planted Perez in the first round. That was a fairly good a little favorite there. Aspinall got it done against the 205-er. Breeze finishing... Boulard, uh, I mean, should have laid a little heavier on the tape, as I was saying. Boulard kept his hands low, and first punch knocked the biggest booger you ever seen out of Boulard's mouth. You thought it was his brain slug. It was Fell a freaking great fight night. I loved it. Well, those are all first-round KOs. Then the Dacus, Buckley, Kelly fight was on fire. Omar Gigazzi was boring, as was Cortez, eager. But Ulimbekov, Ulimbekov versus Silva... The calf kicks in that. Oh, Jesus. If you ever want to. Uh, just like that guy's going to feel it for a good two, three weeks. Like that is such an unbelievable amount of pain that he suffered and got through uh, for Ulan Bekov. So uh, Tajir is going to be looking good, as we were saying earlier on at 125 as he moves What's on. What's your with favorite his flavor of Gatorade? Orange. Yeah, keep it simple. I'm, I'm a lemon lime. But I don't think orange yeah, would be I, far if, off. If it's not orange, it's lemon lime. And then it's the fruit punch. And then I try to stay to the blues every once in a while. The pepino flavor, that's where you get cra- If it's hot out, get that pepino flavor. Get that, what is the cucumber? That'll change your life. That'll change your game. Yeah, it's almost like the fruit punch is a little too sweet for when it's really hot out. Too sweet. Yeah, exactly. That's why you I cut that. Lemon. <laughs> um, yeah, there is some other fun uh, UFC. So did you see that Dana White offered Khabib all this money to do the tough house against Conor McGregor? And Khabib was like, I would not, not do it for billion, bro. <laughs> yeah. It made me not like Khabib. I love principle. I love somebody by their principle. He's like, I can't see that guy ever even get in a fight with me again. And I love it. I love just somebody that they're like, I don't care about your money. Well, that's exactly it. Is the main reason I g- gathered from those interviews was Khabib just does not want to give Connor any type of exposure at all. He doesn't want his name in with his he- headline. It's not. It's not worth it. It's more than that. Um, don't like the two more fights type of talks because that really limits the fun amount of fighters coming up and coming for that belt. So, you know. As soon as anybody, which we're going to definitely talk about later on in the night, starts talking about retirement, that's a big red flag for me regardless. So the only person who's stayed away from that has been GSP. And he's been the unicorn, the entire sport, essentially. I really love Justin Gaethje's chances, though, regardless against Khabib. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. It's such a different fight um, from where it was a few years ago. And the entire division's. 
all of them for what they're worth. And the fact that Michael Chandler is a standby for that is such a slap in the face to every top 10 UFC fighter. A Bellator fighter is going to come be the stand-in. Despicable. Absolutely despicable. He comes in from Bellator and gets to fight the number one guy where Leon Edwards is still turning down fights left and right. Like, Everyone else is you know. I like when uh, Khabib in the long interview said um, about, they asked about Tony's double weight cut. And he said, I like Tony Ferguson, but he's stupid guy. <laughs> and that is, it's like when you re listen to everything Khabib ever has said, he is a soothsayer. Yeah, he's super honest. honest. Even when you watch him yeah. in the uh, chatter against Max Holloway when they almost were going to fight when Max right. came from Hawaii on that short notice, he actually laughs at Max Holloway. He, like, everybody loves blessed. I don't know. Right. I, I like Khabib. Absolutely. I've changed my that, song. It, I like Khabib. Definitely, uh, he is, seems like a fairly stand-up guy. Uh, from anything anyone says, you just don't cross his boys. That's it. You you know you keep them boys in line. Uh, but Habib definitely gonna be in the Hall of Fame. No way if ends or buts with the doors he's opening into Dagestan. And now that we're seeing all the Dagi fighters came after Habib. He was the first, and arguably, some people are saying with all the young kids, especially now with the exposure, he's gonna be remembered as like the Royce Gracie, where it's like 10, 15 years from now. That guy isn't going to be able to do shit. To, but that's the whole sport, and that's that's what we're loving. That's why. It's, that's why we love this. It's going to be such a fun game. So what else went on in the MMA Twitterverse universe going on? Is, I mean, a lot um, of fight conjecture. Yeah, there's the Nick Diaz because people are saying that Dustin Poirier is going to fight Connor. That- For 500000 Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Sign the contract. Sign the contract. Just fight. We said it on the fights. Just fight. It doesn't matter. I just don't want to hear it. Yeah, you can keep talking and promote your new whiskey that's going to be dropping at the same time you say you retire. Like, we've what seen if, this. What about Nate Diaz tweeting at Israel Adesanya? I think your boy really is the best uh, 155 or something. And uh, who, who do you mean by your boy? Uh, Dan Hooker. Volkanovski. Dan oh, Hooker. oh, okay. And, okay, okay. Um, but he couldn't get through Poirier, so. So then Dan Hooker tweeted. But Diaz has a win over Poirier as well, apparently. <laughs> so then Dan Hooker tweeted back and said, so what you want to do, 170 or 155? And Diaz yep. tweeted back at him, 165. So that's a fun fight. <laughs> We've been saying that for years here at Lappy. Give me a 165. Give me a 175. Give me a 170. Nate does whatever he wants. Nate does whatever the fuck Nate wants. BM created the BMF belt for a reason. That was him just saying, hey, me, Jorge Masvidal, BMF belt. Okay, one and done. So he sells whatever uh, he wants, and he's he'll get his way eventually. It's fade spots for me left and right. So that's, that's if it's... But Nate is not going to fight just anyone, and that's the thing that sucks because, again... It's only going to be for money. But I kind of like the Dan Hooker Nate being slick enough to realize that even though Dan Hooker is not a huge name in America, he's a big name in on Australia and New Zealand. So it's kind of like I don't know. I think game recognizes game. 
I kind of like both their styles of fights. They're both guys that both of them, when they're inside the octagon, it's exciting to me. And so I like that Nate Diaz is only calling out fighters that are also other fighters that you're like, yep, every time that guy's in the octagon, I love it. Well, what about all of the people calling out Chemayev? Well, I like, I actually heard somebody I can't yes. stand, Kiesa. And I, oh. I, uh-huh. I heard Kiesa say that, you know, Chemayev's in a really rough spot, but he should understand that he needs to build his name off the right veteran to get the crawl up to the other ranked dudes because none of the high ranked dudes want to put everything they've worked for on the line for a guy that has nothing to lose. So it's like, it's not smart business for the guys that are sitting in the top 10 right now. So it really is. Yeah. And so I understood that, but you said, what was the big news with Chimaev? Uh, Neil Magny is the only one willing to take that fight and he's ranked inside the top 10 right now. So Neil Magny coming out with them, Big ass huevos, a big big old huevos, putting it out there. Like Good for fight. him. Nightmare, nightmare matchup for Neil Magny. He's always had trouble with guys to get. Look at the Los Angeles fight. I get to like give me a good grappler against Magny, especially with good gaff kicks, which to my does not have. Um, it's just that gas tank. Neil Magny has that legendary gas tank, and he, if it goes into dirty waters. It's a different story, but we'll talk about Chimaev later on. I'm sure I know there's some cross-talent that we had to go back on tape for this 11-card bout that we do have out of Abu Dhabi on Fight Island 6 for all the fans out there. How do you feel in amongst all of these fights that we just keep rolling every single weekend? It's a lot, but I don't know what I'd do without it. I, I don't blue pill any other way i don't watch any other shows i don't do anything else except fight so i actually really appreciate it in my life um yeah, I agree. And watching I these kids just the weekend just watching these kids take the game to another level and another level if you would have told me three years ago the things we'd be watching in ufc today like i don't know i think it's impressive shit what these kids are doing, like you were saying with Sanhagen, that no Absolutely. one's even saying like, gosh, if you take that he- that spinning crazy kick from Buckley out of the night, how impressive was that Sanhagen victory? He he just crumpled. The number Bryce. one contender. Number one contender broke his orbital uh, or supposedly in the fight was like, oh, your eyes fucked up, your eyes broken, your eyes broken, and Marais was like, uh, uh. <laughs> so um really really amazing event a plus night if you haven't gone back which i'm sure you have you watched it because if you're listening to this you're an m core you're a legion diehard for sure and you're probably just trying to make some cash because again we were cashing them fat paychecks over the weekend it was definitely quadrupling up our stands as far as DraftKings and outside bets going on in there so this one, unfortunately, doesn't look like um, it has that Real quick, potential. the cat's out of the bag with the fight guys. how we're becoming the fight guys. Make sure you follow the fight guys everywhere. Make sure you're changing your podcast to the fight guys. We're going to start uploading them there at the next UFC 254. Um, is that the next one or 255? I can't remember. Whatever the next uh, pay-per-view. 
next week next week so Habib next, versus, which we don't even want to talk about that yeah, right yeah. Now. <laughs> but yeah that, that will start getting <laughs> uploaded to both places um i also wouldn't mind as the intro if it was kind of like you were walking into the skull and bones like chanting like fight guys fight guys you know like monks in robes i wouldn't mind if that was the intro either okay i was thinking i was thinking definitely not that but yes i I like that it sounds ominous i was going extra creepy with it and being like animal heads naked bodies that kind of weird stuff (laughs) it's like we're gonna get crazy with it well no i was just thinking about an actual intro song over intro look (laughs) (laughs) so not anti your visuals uh, i just wasn't there yet (laughs) (laughs) so anything left before we get into this fun 11 card bout that we have right before the big pay-per-view coming up next weekend let's do it Chan Sung Jung versus Brian Ortega ended up headlining this 11. It was cut down from 12. We just had Cyril Gane co- coming in against the debuting fighter. Um, dropped earlier today due to visa issues, and they don't have a replacement. So we're not, not going to get issues. Gane. Not visa what issues. Was it? It's um, he's still under contract with PFL. <gasps> and the. PFL usually has a fairly good relationship that they would re- allow for that to happen. Wow, PFL's really fucking over there, boy. God uh, damn. He uh, apparently the, he he fought the last one, but they have the uh, option mm-hmm. to up his contract for two more times. Mm-hmm. And um, he just assumes since the PFL wow. hasn't done anything in the last six months that the PFL they're not doing anything this year. So he just started he wanted to just take this fight so they were like whoa 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 like you didn't even hit us up about it or nothing like you're in a contract with us so it was dropped oh, immediately that, so that's his bad they just put him in check they would have done it if he would have asked the I, fact agree. If, I agree if he didn't ask then they're just like just so next time bro next time bro so you fucking know like don't do fucking shitty pool like that all you gotta do is call all you gotta do is call somebody yeah. call him Call Tyrone when you're yeah. feeling lonely. Call him. And that's not a good way <laughs> to come into Papa Dana in the UFC doing that shit off the first bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not a good sign there. Um, but that was a big favorite. So unfortunately, we're not going to be making that big bet because um, there is no replacement. As I'm told, nobody wants to come in and step in against Cyril in that fight. But you know how we always do. We start from the bottom to the top, and it's going to start down at 135 pounds with said Norman Gomedov coming in against Mark Strigel. This is another Norman Gomedov cousin. We just saw Ulan Bekov last weekend. This one's re- actually by blood. We know what we're getting with said in here. Um, coming in and last losing to Hani Barcelos in a decision is actually a really solid testament to his grappling, going back and watching in the striking. I mean, Put in gnarly spots that a lot of other guys would fall, succumb to, would probably give up the submission in here. Um, and said, even though he started to lose that fight, never gave up. So really love that Dagestani hard in there. We know that he's been training with um, Habib over in Makashkala, Russia out there. Done. So their whole crew, they had Ulembekov earlier. Now they have said 
They got Habib next. I mean, they're going to be firing on all cinders out of this camp. And Mark Streigel came into the UFC. He was going to have about before this, I believe, in the UFC, but fell out a week before due to COVID type of issues. He's getting another clearance back in. A Filipino fighter, 18-2, is debuting in the UFC, last winning off of a low blow to Shinitsu Shimzu, the 32-20 and 20 fighter, and 11, 11 draws on that guy's career. But either way, um, Strigel was beating this undersized opponent, sucked him in the nuts, and instead of getting disqualified or making it a no contest, uh, the URCC organization was like, nah, 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 bro, you lose because you're just too much of a bitch, even though he kicked the living daylights out of your balls. So Strigel uh, just being propped up in the Philippines here, having very limited competition at times five and one oh and oh i mean some of those guys six and nine some of these guys are as round as i am with less grappling credentials by far less striking struggle is really fit really cuts down to weight and is really big for that but he tends to be a submission guy his striking's good he throws a lot of taekwondo kicks it's uh uh, he's a submission Taekwondo guy, but his click kicks are very fluttery. And once he gets to the ground, even against low level guys, he gets worked on a bit. The submissions come against, um, these taxi cab drivers and concession stand workers, but against a Dagestani Norma Gomedov, Hani Barcelos can't submit you. <laughs> Steigl has no chance. Um, I actually have a submission round number three for said, because after the first round, Steigl really starts to slow down as well a lot. Uh, I think he's completely outmatched here, and uh, I actually don't like Strigel moving forward in the UFC. I think he's very limited at 32 years old as far as his potential, um, and he's more of a submission guy. I just didn't like what I said, saw. This, we tell you guys to stay away, but I'm really comfortable, even though I don't like the minus uh, 410. I do think that even the minus 2 is more than comfortable for Saeed. It's whether it goes decision or finishes is going to be the bigger question, but I do think he's a live play throughout the night because it is the one of the bigger mismatches of the entire night for me. Who do you think you're going to be taking in this first fight of the night? I'm going to go with, I think it's a setup fight for Nugatamedov just to build whatever kind of name that he wants, start out hot um, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, so, but I just think by decision, I don't think it's going to be crazy. I think 30-27, he wins all uh, of the rounds pretty comfortably. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from it. Just uh, I don't see him laying a lot of hands. I see him getting some takedowns, but just kind of holding him there. So I don't see it being super high scoring uh, for how much of the differential seems to be. He's so heavy favorited. I imagine him to be com like 9-4 or something in DraftKings. So I probably won't go heavy on him. It is going to be up there. You're absolutely right on that. 9,200 for Nomagomedov, the minus 410 favorite against Strigels, 7,000 even. Um, if there's a play, it's only going to be Nomagomedov. He averages 67 points. Let me rule. Usually stay away from these, but I do think that Nomagomedov can uh, style a lot of points. He has to get over 90 to even be close to touch that score. So I think you're right. Probably should stay away, but I'm going to probably be in that 10% range of Norgamo, Norgamo, ugh, said in there just because uh, he has the more likely potential to be able to finish this bout in more routes. So that's one that we spent definitely too much time on. Then we go to a 205 pounds where we have returning 
Max Grishin coming in against long reigning a perfect 0 and 3 in the UFC. Uh, Gazmir Antigulov. Antigulov actually winning a couple fights in the UFC over Delima and Christensen, but then last losing his last three to Ian Kutalaba, Omlienchuk, and Paul Craig, the 20 and 7 fighter. Antigulov is a kind of a one round machine. Most of his fights that he finished. Prior to the UFC was against journeyman as well, bums, and he was able to knock him out in the first or second round uh, and or submit him after he hurt them. Um, and once he gets pushed after that first round in the UFC, every single time Antigulov goes down like a sack of bricks, it's, if not um, is submittable that we've seen just on the ground, him be able to be overcome by Paul Craig in that triangle choke. But, also, the Russian Makhachkala fighter is one of these guys that the stereotype of having a doctored birth certificate fits every single mold. Everyone's going to talk about it. Even managers of this former guy are like, this bitch is 38. This motherfucker's 39 years old. There is no way he's 33 years old. He bought his passports 12 years ago so he could get into the States. <laughs> and, you know, it's just... He definitely does not look his age. 33 just doesn't fit it. Max Grishin at 36 by far looks like a lot less worn of a fighter. And Tegulov having multiple knee issues just off the top of my head as well. Uh, but here Grishin at 36-year-old supposedly is the older fighter. Uh, he came in and lost his debut in the UFC uh, to Tybura in a decision. He moved up from 205 on short notice to take that five. And the bigger heavyweight just ground him out on the cage. Really turned it into a sloppy, boring fight after that first round. But Tybura showed us against all of his opponents, that he will let you tee off on his head. And if he doesn't go down, you're going to be gassed. I mean, Rothwell threw 150 punches in the first round, couldn't get Tybur out of there and gassed for the next two rounds. So uh, not that bad of a loss for Grishin looking back at that. But stylistically here, um, the gas tank of Antigulov is by far worse. He just completely falls apart and almost looks scared to engage after that first round where Grishin, Got out ground, but he's still trying to throw big bombs, has a good leg attack as well. On the ground, they're going to be formidable opponents. Um, but I have Grishin TKO round number one. I'm going to move that to round number two because I think they're both going to wear on each other a little bit. Ugh, moving it back to one. I just hate Antigulov's chin. I hate his gas tank. I hate his age. I hate his fake knee. Um, it's just a big fade on Antigulov. He's going to go on his fourth loss in the UNC of probably out of here unless they try to set him up with another 205 or just to stack up his record. Because I know the UFC did like Grishin coming into the here. Who do you like in this bout? I don't know. I think it's weird that Grishin, his last fight, why he weighed in at 223 because he was fighting a heavyweight. And so now this is his, yeah, and so his like more natural weight coming down. I'm just not a huge fan of him. Like, I don't know what he's done yet. Marcin Timbora, he kind of looked great his last fight, but he's been whatever of all of Anti Gulov's last fights are against guys that are like the top of the division. So I just. I'm going to give it to Anti Gulov here by a nasty, boring decision. I think he can do enough to eke it out. I know he's a heavy underdog, but it's like Oli Inchikaz and uh, Kutalaba for all. Kutalaba is the worst of the three. Maybe Paul Craig. I would probably have Oli Paul Craig in that fight. Oli Inchikaz huh? just lost four in a row. Hmm. I still like him as a fighter. I think I'd have him to beat Grishin. Um, but Ooh. yeah, this, I just don't know what Grishin's really done. Fight. 
in the UFC. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with I, what I know. I don't like this fight. I'm going to stay far away from it, but I'm going to pick a weird underdog here. Give me Anthony Gulov, the natural guy. Um, Super weird fight you're picking here. Absolutely gross. Um, but I like it. I like what you're saying. I mean, this is something on an unproven fighter who got worked as well by Tybor in his last fight. Um, this is definitely one that I'm not going to have exposure to both sides, but I do think I'm going to have exposure to this fight because I like Christian in that TKO round number one. You think it's going to go to decision? You think it's going to turn into a ultra sloppy one? Mm, boring. A lot of I don't know what Christian, um, his, I don't know what his uh, gas tank's going to be like down at his natural weight of 205. Like it looked okay against Tabura, but he was walking in at his natural weight, so he didn't have to cut anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Anti Gulov has nothing or everything to lose. I think it's his last one. So mm-hmm. right now, I'm going to stick with the Russians. Oh, I guess uh, March Grishin's a Russian too. Mm-hmm. That he is coming out of the what region here? Was it also? Sorry, it was great old school Russia, but Hachkala fighter over here with Antigulov. Um, Gosh, he's so big. He does seem up, like he could knock him out in one round. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the big favorite, Grishin, 9,100 against Antigulov's 7,100. Average points. For Grishin, nine, because he's only had one fight in the UFC. And Tigulov average 46 points. So I'm staying on Grishin. Uh, it's going to be in that 20% range because I do think that if this fight ends, it'll be for Grishin. If you're, I, I like what you're saying with the decision. If it turns into a decision, Antigula's got a shot, but that's garbage DraftKings points if he does because it'll be a slop fest mm. by that point as far as gassed out arms is all i'm thinking absolutely heavy breathing so then we have a much more formidable matchup a much closer lined matchup at 155 pounds we have returning fairs zame siam coming in against jamie malarkey malarkey coming in with a 12 and 3 record losing his debut in the ufc against brad riddell in a decision a year ago where malarkey took a beating of a lifetime but showed the level of heart that needs to be in the UFC. A lot of lesser men uh, will fold under Brad Riddell, Riddell, whatever you want to call him there. But Malarkey took every shot. Riddell or Malarkey took a shot off of his knees at the end and was just like, all right, you got me. But I mean, you could hit that guy with a freaking kitchen sink and it feels like Malarkey is just going to stay in there and be in that fight. Definitely showing a great gas tank, even though he got gassed his last fight. Now that he's taken a year off from that beating, I really like that amount of time off for the 26-year-old. He's at that age, and he's young enough in his career that we can see humongous leaps and bounds in his uh, career. As for that, I can say that for the 23-year-old, but I feel like uh, the bigger distance that needs to be crossed in these guys' career is Zayim. Zayim fares here, uh, the smile killer. It just has a lot less to work with. Uh, his gas tank is a lot his, worse. His grappling isn't as good. Uh, when you can push him up against the cage, he definitely doesn't look good at all against Don Magic Man Madge a year ago. He just got ground out in a decision. Really boring type of stalemate. The striking. Uh, Zane comes in with a little bit of power, some good spinning kicks and whatnot. Um, but it's not something that 
he's going to be able to come out in the UFC and I feel like really capitalize on when these guys are all working. If Rydell can't knock you out, uh, I don't think Zim had anything better. And especially if Malarkey chooses to get this to the ground, I feel like he can really have a big advantage and just uh, grind out a decision. The gas tank being a big advantage here for Malarkey. But these guys are super young. I'm going to hedge it with Malarkey. This is a close fight. Minus 130 favorite right here. I got a decision. Uh, this is going to be a lower output fight. I don't think I have to spend any money here. I think I just get to watch this one and watch two young guys kind of get another bout under their belt. Who do you think you're going to be taking out of these two young fighters? You know, I don't know what it is, but uh, the smile killer, there's something about his character that I like. I always just want to go with him because I like, I think he's exciting to watch. He seems kind of like he has a fun ego or something <laughs> inside the octagon and at weigh-ins. Um, hmm. Brad Riddle, what do I think of him? And Don Madge, what do I know of him? Nothing. Australia. Yeah, I know. Not too much. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take, I'm going to go with another underdog here. I'm going to go with a submission round three for the smile killer for us. I am. Wow. No dog. I like your style. Definitely living on the edge here. Plus 110 for Fars Zame, the smile killer. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the slight favorite, minus 130. Jamie Malarkey, 8,300 against Zames, 7,900. Do you think you're going to be playing any DraftKings with Zame here at 7,900? Maybe. Maybe on one or two. I don't know how heavy I'm going to go in the night. I haven't been doing great on DraftKings. Um, I'll have mm -hmm. to see how exciting I get toward the top of the night. Because uh, I, I just feel like... I don't know. My picks haven't been bad. There, We've been like picking some underdogs that have really been coming through for us. So I just feel, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It's too early. I agree. I agree with you. I'm not going to go heavy on this night as well. I feel like especially with a pay-per-view around the corner and after a big night that we just had, I'm going to lay off on a lot of the bets. These are really uh, lined appropriately where last weekend wasn't as much. I feel like we even have better spots moving on in the week. So um, you're right. I'm going to be in that 10 card max type of lineup, maybe 12 to 13, but very low card output. The lines are close. There's decisions on the way throughout the night. Um, so yes, be, be moderate as far as it's concerned. I like Malarkey here. I think for eight, three, he can pull off like a six seventy sixty point win, which at 8,000. 300 isn't going to pay it off, but I do think I can get a 30, 27, 29, 28 type of a decision out of him. What you're saying with Zane, he is the more flashy fighter. You're absolutely right with that. If there's a flash knockout or a flash submission, Zane's going to be the benefit factor of that, where Malarkey's much more of that grinding decision type of a fighter, as far as I'm concerned. But Maybe we get into more, much more of a knockout potential at 185 pounds where we come in and against Jung Young Park, coming in against John Phillips, the white Mike Tyson, formerly known, now the Welsh wrecking machine. UFC made him change that name because, you know, cultural appropriation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wait to see what it was going to be. I was going to, I was like, why 9 11? <laughs> 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 so 
I remember him as the white Mike Tyson, and that's all I can think of. But that's because he can punch at 22 and 10, coming off of a loss to Chimaev prior to that beating Alan Amadovsky, but losing three in a row prior to that to Holland, Bird, and Marshman. The same reason to pick Chemaev and I'm going to pick a lot of other people against John Phillips is the lack of takedown defense and then the lack of ground game to back up that lack of takedown defense. He can't even get back to his knees most of the time against... I mean, Chemaev is one thing. We saw that coming, told you guys, hey, this kid's going to be something nasty, especially against a no-ground game guy like Phillips. But if you're watching any type of tape, you realize anybody that's beating John Phillips doesn't stand in front of him in box because he's a power power puncher you know takes him to the ground and once you're there you can kind of just sit in position if not get a ground and pound tko or submission um but with that i will say gotta give credit where credit is due where john phillips was the most was the fighter to land the most amount of strikes of anybody in the ufc against chemaev with a whopping two strikes. <laughs> that wow. is 200% more than uh, who was it? The other guy and uh, freaking <laughs> Mearshart. So nobody was able to land. Well, two other opponents were not able to land any strikes. Phillips got two <laughs> off of the ground. He threw two rabid punches back behind him and they counted him. That's it. So Phillips putting in the work in the UFC, but again, that ground game lacking. And against Park, the 11-4 and four fighter, a big favorite here, coming in against the win against Barry Alt, prior to that losing to Anthony Hernandez in a submission. Fluffy's only win in the UFC, prior to that beating um, some other regional South Korean scene guys. Park showing a great chain on the regional scene, good boxing, uh, where... The fight here, if it was a clear boxing match and not MMA, I would have to bet against Park. But the fact that he actually shoots one to three takedowns within a fight and has done that since the regional scene, once Park feels a little bit of that power, he's a guy who likes to go to his wrestling. He won't necessarily finish or have a big submission potential, but he goes for that position over submission, and that's all you need against Phillips. So it's kind of like a tailor-made fight for Park. I feel like Phillips is just one of these guys that randomly when the stupid enough of opponent decides to want to bang with him in the pocket, Phillips will be able to get that win. If anybody else in there is like, oh, wait, we have takedowns in these, then it's a fight that Phillips is more than likely going to lose. So I got actually a TKO round number two park, but I think I'm moving that more to decision. I think it's going to be, as I'm saying, position over submission now that I'm talking about it. Um... I do think that it's just going to be three takedowns, four takedowns throughout the entire fight. A very boring type of decision, but give me the minus 255 favorite here. Siding with a lot of chalk, um, but that's why I'm not going to be betting this fight card heavy because it's it's too chalky for me. There's too many favorites that have the right path to victory. Who do you think you're going to be taking out of these two 85ers? I just think this is a fight that I see. If you're going to stand and bang with John Phillips, you're going to get knocked out. I don't really love Park. His record doesn't show of recent that he's a chinny guy, but I kind of see him that way. And I think if you stand with a guy with huge looping punches, I feel like John Phillips has gotten better as a fighter. And unfortunately for him, we didn't get to see any of it in that last fight because he was going against the wrecking ball. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with another underdog. I'm going to go with a round one knockout. For I John love it. Phillips. I love it. That's absolute 
Well, if you're going to go with Phillips, you got to go by TKO, which the prop line is going to be, I guess not because the betters are going to, or the, the handicappers are going to realize that Phillips is only shots going to be by TKO, but it's got to be under that 2.5. If you want to make that bet, as far as that comes as a bet, I might go under that. Uh, even though I got a decision, but if you're liking Phillips, there it is on DraftKings Park is 8,800 as a minus 250 favorite against Phillips, 7,400. Do you think you're going to be playing Phillips at 7 4? Because if he gets a TKO round number one, that's 100 points, right? That's like, that's money. I, right now, I have so many underdogs. I feel like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Maybe I'm just going to keep going for the night. Let's see how weird it gets. So I'm going to actually probably stay away from this fight as far as DraftKings. I feel like no scorer. I got a decision. Um, I'll take a stab at 7-4. If I need salary relief, I could put Phillips in there on one or two cards um, just to allow that because if Phillips gets that knockout and you have four other big guys that you like – it's going to be in that top 10%. You're going to be yeah, in that top higher, 10. You're gonna be yeah, you're right. Like a higher chance yeah. of points. Yeah. Right, right, right. He has that first first knockout potential, but that's pretty much it after that first round if those takedowns come about. So it's gambling for a reason. I mean, it's fun. You got to do what you got to do. And some on some of these nights that we're talking about this, Chuck, these are the options we're giving you here. This is why we're talking about it. We're like, all right, you know, it's it might not likely happen. But there's a window. There is a back window open. The exorcist demon gets in somehow. <laughs> it weasels its way in. You know, there's always a way. So another bout that you're going to have to exercise in the afternoon if you're watching some of that Instagram game. We got Port St. Lucie's own 125-pounder Jillian Roberts coming in against Paulina Botello in here jillian roberts living that beach life making you have them cold sweats in the middle of the night and we ain't even talking about her fights she is definitely a florida uh native coming from canada but growing up over with in the southern florida region but being an american top team for a long time now being with dean lister or dean lister for over since she was 16 years old has a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Her striking has definitely been her weakest avenue as far as a fight, but it's gotten better. Um, the things that really always stand out for Jillian Roberts is off of her back, she's definitely a demon, and on top, she's much better, and she's kind of a one-trick pony. Um, I want to say what Mackenzie Dern is expected to be is what Jillian Roberts is where Mackenzie Dern actually has a heavy overhand right. Jillian Roberts is fairly pillow-fisted. She Her striking has definitely been her worst aspect, and I love me some Jillian Roberts, um, but she definitely can be out. When she gets up to the higher levels, that's where she has a lot of problems, is not being able to get the takedowns, not being able to shoot properly or just drive on those takedowns. At 25 years old, she's making leaps and bounds in that, but still, uh, just what we've seen before, uh, Jillian Roberts at times has issues when the fights get going into the later rounds. Who was it? Eddie Alvarez said it best. He's like, you know, when you push her, she tends to quit. And unfortunately, I feel like Eddie cursed 
Roberts with that because she heard it as well. And as a person, you take that and it plants a seed in you. And Roberts is young enough to get over that, but it is just one of the aspects that has happened. But here against Patello, we don't have to worry about much much of that. Patello tends to be a striker on the ground. She's definitely a fish out of water. She is 8-2. and two. She's only lost in the UFC to Cavillo. Came back and beat Lauren Mueller in a decision using that takedown the geek take down the fence, keep it striking, beating Kondo as well in a TKO, who was a nothing in the UFC, also beating Pearl Gonzalez in a decision. Botello has the option of being able to drag it into the later rounds um, by having, uh, I guess it's in the 40-50% range. I know I can gather that actually right now. Um, take down the fence, but I do think that uh, Roberts has definitely turned a corner as far as not wanting to be a striker. She doesn't want to throw that overhand right. Roberts has really started to work on that outside trip takedown, which you know I'm always a fan of, especially in a lot of weight classes, because it's mechanics. You go trap that knee, and it doesn't matter. You're going to go down in there. But the takedown defense here for Botello is in the 58% range. Um, shooting on average is going to be takedowns as far as that's concerned, is going to be 88% takedown defense for Botello here. So... With 100% takedown accuracy against the accuracy of 50% for Roberts, Roberts, but Roberts wants to get to the ground. So this is WMMA at its finest. I got to back Port St. Lucie zone. You know me. I got a soft spot for these girls living up on the Treasure Coast, getting down and dirty with all them Instagram photos. I think Roberts... Sun does get it to the ground eventually, but I do think she's going to eat a couple hard punches before it gets there. Uh, so I'm super tentative on this. I don't like the line. I think it's a little too wide for me. I think 180 would have been much more reasonable. Uh, give me Robertson, but submission round number two. But this, Botello has decision potential written on it. What do you think you're going to be taking at this 125 pound matchup? I love what you're saying about Robertson is kind of everything that they built up Mackenzie Dern to be. I think she has kind of shown out and she's the quiet storm working her way through the division. I like that she's moved up to 225 or 125. I think at first she didn't have the strength to kind of deal with the extra 10 pounds, but I do think we're getting to see her add that on. If Patella's a girl that can be submitted, Jillian Robertson's a girl that can find that submission. So I have Jillian Robertson to finish uh, round two submission. I can see her kind of okay. anaconda choking, getting all up on that bitch, wrapping her up. So, yeah, I love it. So we are agreeing. That means put a bet on it. Round number two, I'm going to go buy submission as well. You know that's going to be plus money in that 300 range for sure. Inside the distance prop is live as well. Maybe not 2.5 because uh, both of these ladies gas. I think Patello does a little bit more in that third round. Well, I can't say that. They both gas pretty hard. So I just don't like the price tag for Robertson. I do think it's a little steep here. On DraftKings, you're going to pay 8700 for Robertson against Patello's 7500 On average, Robertson averages 77 points on DraftKings to Botello's 61. What do you think? Who do you think you're going to be taking on DraftKings here? I feel like I can afford uh, Jillian everywhere with all my other silly picks. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think I'm going to be able to afford her well. Well, as well at 8,700 and I do have a submission. So she'll get 75 plus all that ground advantage. I think she'll break over a hundred points. If she gets that finish, 
Um, I'm going to go in that 20% range, 10% range. Again, super light, so probably it'll turn into 30% as far as Julian Roberts is concerned. But out of most fights throughout the night, I do like she's. I do think she's more likely out of most opponents to actually get a finish compared to a lot of other bouts throughout the night. We've been teasing you for a while, but it's finally here. Lappy MMA will now be known as the Fight Geist. There's still a little more work left for us to do, but we need you to do one thing. Please go and find the Fight Geist wherever you get your audio version of your podcast and hit that like and subscribe. We don't want to lose you as fans, and we know there's been a lot of dust and construction around our page, but please follow us to the Fight Geist. Hit the like, hit the bell, hit the subscribe, whatever you have to do. We're going to try to upload the show on this platform for a little while as well as that one, but eventually lap b mma will go by the wayside and the fight guys will be our new home so we hope you're there too please come along thanks for listening so at 155 pounds we have a disgusting a dirty a, a double a debut fight island special here we got graham Kulanzed coming in against Matsu Guramat, the gamer coming in against the 11 and 2 fighter Graham Georgianian fighter beating Felipe Silva TKO 10 months ago. Prior to that, Sineda with the tw- guys with 20 and 5 records. Some competition out here. Saw some comp- some tape on Guram here. I mean, Guram looks like a journeyman level guy. Solid takedown or solid cardio, I want to say. Solid takedowns, solid takedown defense, but nothing that really jumps out at you. The power he's been showing has been fairly uh, regional, and it's a lot more of that gas tank, I feel like, showing up more than anything. Uh, But Guram didn't really just stick out anywhere for me. There was nothing that really, almost, I want to say, like, of some of these other Georgianian fighters, Jordanian fighters, even though he's not fighting out of Georgia, I believe he's out of Sweden now. Um, and he is training with Chimaev out of that All-Stars team, actually. But it's a big difference. I mean, Chimaev is Chimaev's, Gustafsson, Renza Madadi, all those guys are different. Like, what we've seen from Garam here is definitely a down-the-center, serviceable guy everywhere, but at the UFC, I feel like he's doomed to have a very decision uh, type of fight level. Just not anything really sticking out here. Against uh, Garma, who's coming in with a perfect 17-0 and 0 record, last beating uh, Marana in the KSW scene. KSW getting a lot of showcasing uh, fighters as of late. Having some UFC-level competition in there, beating Norman Park essentially three times. The first time he bit the living daylights out of him and won a decision, I feel like he broke Norman's part's finger with his bite. It was really interesting to see it on tape. Mm. Park was fucking biting me. He fucking <laughs> it was nuts. It was really nuts. Um, but came back and won that decision. Then their second fight uh ended up being a no contest for whatever reason, maybe a draw. And then he last beat uh Park in a doctor stoppage as of late. But having some other at-level competition, KSW fighters haven't done that bad. Uh, Gurma is as good as Goram everywhere, except he's got a little more of that knockout power. And that's about it. He's shown better gas tank as well, or just be able to go up five rounds. 
in KSW for at least three to four of his fights. So we know Germont has five round cards. Uh, he's proven it with good output out there but this is what I'm going to definitely stay away from it's a dirty double debut there's other spots throughout the night I don't think either, either guy has the craziest big advantage I know there's a big favorite for Germont here but I don't think you could be that comfortable um, on this type of a fight give me a decision here I don't know if I like the finish even the later I look on but I'm going to stay I'm going to have a big fat stay away especially as higher prices these debuting fighters who do you think are taking out of these two guys? I kind of agree with you. For me, I don't know enough about them. And I'm going to go with Gamera by decision. Uh, I, I think maybe he could handle him everywhere. It looks like he has a belt on his shoulder in the image. <laughs> that kind of means something somewhere. Uh, and everybody has him as a favorite. You picked him as well. I don't know anything about him. So I'm going to stay away from this fight. But I'm going to go with the favorite here. This is my first favorite of the day, maybe. No Jillian Roberts, Definitely. too. Well, yeah, I think as we're saying here, the stay away is going to be in play for sure. 8,900 for the decided 295 favorite against the plus uh, 200. 7,300 gram here. Don't stack up. I mean, if you think the finish is really likely in the first or second round, go for it. But I feel like definitely a decision. There's other spots and one of them is going to be right around the corner. That is going to be our headlining preliminary cart. Now that we had a couple fights fall out, that's before we get into the main card. And uh, I feel like there's many other fights that deserve that spot other than double debut there those guys should be opening up the card honestly so weird how that lands weird what the we'll see what the production does later on but anything in between getting in this main card or getting over this undercard getting into this main card no it's time for the fight pick championships are you ready for the fight pick championships fight pick champion chips reigning mini belt holder for the week you got at zolt tonight if you're following coming in with a big 70 point win tie the, the number one corn fanatic in there jimmy t coming in toothless but still holding up a hard 70 points as far as the fight pick championships we're only 100 points away from that number one spot but hey we're coming for you the big pink weenie we know you listening Absolutely know you're listening. There ain't no doubt about that. The cream always rises to the top. <laughs> Just so you know. Does that mean Jimmy T's gonna win? <laughs> I guess getting that cream core in there. Hopefully not. Hopefully Lat B also gonna be formerly known as Lat B Fight Guys gonna be getting in there probably in season three and showing what it's all about. So this is definitely That's a how way I to say fight, guys. Like, have you on the movie Boomerang how the guy's like, I got the mushrooms inside my jacket. I got the mushrooms on my belt. You got to coordinate. You got to coordinate. That's how I want the fight guys to be said. Fight guys. Fight guys. Fight guys. <laughs> so that's the way we're going to be doing it around here. The main card opens up with a fight of the night contender here. We got Thomas Alameda coming in against short notice replacement Jonathan Pedro Martinez. I know 
He goes by Dragon, but he also goes by Pedro if you know where he's coming out of that different breed gym. MMA, the 12 and 3 fighters coming off of a big win to Frankie Zanes, the evil one himself, evil twin, trying to sway you off of this fighter. But Martinez has got the goods. Been watching tape on him ever since he came in. That Ewell split decision is absolutely garbage. Go back and watch that. Even Ewell's like, I won that fight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that left body kick <laughs> for um, Martinez is his moneymaker. He's a southpaw. Throws it well, but he also throws that intercepting knee well, which we called for that Frankie Zane's fights. We thought with those takedowns coming in, it was going to play a factor in here. But Jonathan Martinez also coming in with some really crisp strip boss. Strict there. I made this connection in my head right now. I don't know if I believe it so much. But I want to say he's very Darren Tillish as far as picking his shots. Um, very, He'll throw a flurry of five and six punches when he sees you hurt in there. But he's a very two and three punch. Exits with the kick really well. And that's why we really see him accentuate that left body kick. On the ground, we haven't seen much of him. But we don't have to worry about that against Thomas Alameda. Thomas, Thomas Alameda coming in with a 20 and 10, three record. Coming off a three fight or three year hiatus essentially. I think it's two years, nine months. Uh, two years, eight months since he last lost to Rob Font TKO prior to that, losing to Jimmy Rivera, getting a win over Morales, but losing to Cody Garbrandt where we had Garbrandt here on lap B. If you've been listening that long, I remember picking Garbrandt in that and saying, and you quoting me on this and saying straight punches, beat looping punches that this was the fight that we talked about it. And it's Alameda. He's a very shoot box style of fighter. And that's a very looping left hook, looping right hand. Stay in the pocket, crack, um, because he just feels that he's going to land his shot first harder. And if he gets hit on the way, that's okay, because he can usually, usually withstand it. But as we've seen with that shoot style later on in their careers, they don't tend to fare so well. And at 29 years old, that's why I started to fade Alameda against Vaughn even was that chin uh, Alameda even though he has a ton of power and loves the brawl he's a fan favorite in there because he gets dirty uh, he really gets hurt in his fights and when he gets hurt he doesn't do well he's a really good front runner if Alameda hurts you and he can swarm on you he's as deadly as they come but that's Vanderly Silva Vanderly Silva isn't a comeback fighter Vanderly Silva is somebody who hurts you and then swarms you for the highlight finish. So Alameda, to me, isn't much in line with that archetype. On the ground, we don't have to worry. Both of these guys will sh shoot some single legs in there, but I feel like this really turns into a uh, striking type of a bout here. Um, I'm really surprised that coming off of this layoff, coming off of these last performances as of late, the 29-year-old's actually becoming the favorite in here in Alameda. The same reason I picked Cody Garbrandt as I'm going to pick Martinez here. He's a straighter puncher out of both of these fighters. He stays in the pocket much tighter and is a much more a clinical, clinical type of methodical fighter. Uh, I've also liked the chin of Martinez. I've seen it checked a little more often than I like. But the fact that Martinez has been able to come out from those and not be flatlined where Alameda's nose I've seen turn. And then he crumples into, a, into himself and allows the knockout to happen. Martinez stays in there so i actually got my first under the dog of the night i thought he was on to be the favorite under the give dog. me <laughs> <laughs> give me martinez here the dragon pedro himself plus 135 
I'm going to be cashing more on Martinez as it comes along. I think we got a real top tenner in here. Alameda has got fights to win, but I don't think they're at this level. I Give me the short notice replacement a week and a half out from the fight because Alameda was going to fight a completely different opponent in who was he training for here. I had it earlier in the week. I got it here. Come on, Alameda. Interesting. They don't have it. Yeah, I know it fell out about a week and a half ago, but they don't have it on Tapology. So, who do you think you're going to be taking in this bout and why? I think Alameda's overrated and Martinez is underrated. I'm surprised that everybody's sleeping. I don't know how many fights I feel like I could say the same thing about Martinez. I don't know if I've ever picked against him. I just think I agree with everything that you said about him. He has, I like his skill set. I think he's getting better and better. He's a young guy that we're actually watching improve in there. Um, I think that Alameda comes in with tons of power. If throws in the first round, he loses it and loses the cardio battle here. I think Martinez is going to pick more selective shots. And like you're saying, I like the way Martinez wears damage so much more than Alameda. Alameda is a guy like Cody Garbrandt that he wears his emotions on his sleeves too much inside mm-hmm. the octagon to me. And I don't like that. So I feel like I've seen like Alameda hit a cap for now unless he changes something drastically about his game uh, but I like Martinez he's a sleeper for the division so give me Martinez for that dirty D 29-28 decision so you got a decision I'm going inside the distance on this one I think this again fight of the night potential here and I feel like what we've been calling on Latvi here we've been telling you guys watch out for these specific ones the tape's good on these guys like this is stylistically made to be a really fun engagement through both of these guys on DraftKings, 8,200 for the slight favorite Alameda against Martinez is 8,000. Even the official lines minus one minus one thirty five Alameda plus one fifteen. So the line is shrinking on Martinez. This is going to be an even fight. So if you can get money in our Martinez, if you like that side, go ahead and pick it now. 8-2, I mean, I got to have exposure to both. It's going to be lopsided exposure. I'm going to have like 40, 50% Martinez, 10% Alameda because I got to respect some of those blind power shots that he throws. Um, but it's going to be, uh, who am I kidding? It's going to be like 70% Martinez, 10% Alameda. But that's the level of exposure I like the inside the distance for these guys. I do think that... They're live by the sword, die by the sword. These guys don't like to go to the decision. They like to finish fights. So fun one ahead of us on that. Then we have another fun one in here at 170 pounds with Claudio Silva coming in again. The James Krause. And if you're talking about fighters we love here, Jonathan Martinez is one of them, but the James Krause is another. If you don't know the backstory of James Krause, he is a man amongst men. Adopting his younger sister coming up. I've just being a man's man, getting it done, owning a gym, being a head coach. Some stuff that we don't tend to like here at Lat B because D. James Krause has multiple jobs on top of being a professional fighter. I did I pick him in his. You market. don't like it. I don't mind. It I anymore. don't like it. And it depends on the job. If they have a physical job, I'm all on board. Right. So. V. James Krause here is more being the manager, gym owner, and head coach for multiple other UFC fighters, which he's actually coaching to a lot of wins. James Krause 
and that Glory MMA gym has a lot of up and coming talent that actually looks really good. Uh, the thing is, though, is that I feel like James Crowns is exceeding at managing his gym and fighters more than his career. Not that he's a fighter that I don't like to bet on because I do. I've picked James Crowns in pretty much every single one of his fights, and it's worked out most of the time. He did get a loss in his last fight, but it was on 24-hour notice up a weight class at 185 against Trevin Giles. The thing is... Literally yeah. just because he was, was already just... cleared because he was there being somebody's oh, corner. Yeah. yeah. Literally, he did not have a training camp. And for this one, I mean, he had seven days, eight days. So, hey, that's seven more days than he had for his last one. So I guess that's got to save for something. But he's going to make the weight. He's going to get down there. He's a big 170 pounder there at six foot two. Um, but James Krause shows more than serviceable striking power he can knock guys out but on the ground he's a at level black belt where claudio silva does his best work the 14 and one fiver is on a 13 fight winning streak never losing in the ufc but he's been in the ufc for six years and only fought five times having multiple year layoffs five year layoffs in between fights he does have a win over leon edwards but that was six years ago that's a very different um Leon Edwards there. Leon Edwards actually taking the most out of that loss, realizing he had to get his ground game up to par after that fight. Beating Taleb submission, beating Robert submission, and Cole Williams. Cole Williams, definitely probably not that UFC scene, but Taleb and um, Roberts going back and watching that Roberts fight. I bet Roberts as well a year ago. Roberts winning everywhere, but in literally the last seconds of that fight getting that submission uh, i feel like we're gonna say this later on in the night but silva is a submission or bust type of guy striking wise at 38 years old he hasn't progressed he uses his strikes to get to the takedown but once he can't take you down uh, he really struggles gas tank has been abysmal his entire career and the fact that he has enough strength to even get some of these submissions is just mind-boggling going back and watching the tape he just he is a multiple degree level black belt so he can't do that but against james kraus here he's shown more than enough uh submission defense he's an at level black belt as well and i think he has a takedown defense and by far the better striker here to where even if it gets to the ground i think it just grinds out uh, to a little bit of a decision but the guy even on short notice i got it i wanted to say decision but i think i'm talking myself into a third round type of knockout kraus even though he's gassing i feel like silva's never at this weight had a good gas tank so give me these james kraus but you probably already knew that give me round three tko minus 185 favorite who do you think you're going to be taking out of these two fighters Oof, i agree with that too but james kraus in the last fight 24 hours notice compared to a week doesn't give me a ton of time that he's worked on his gas tank and he looked like shit and he got to keep all his weight on so i don't imagine him looking great at the end of this and having that steam to knock out uh silva i do think he can keep maintain risk control when he needs to to get out of any position i do think kraus wins everywhere on the feet i think he's going to be smart enough to not kind of play the game on the ground and I think he can uh, have all the defensive moves needed to not get into anything super dangerous uh, and get back to his feet 
So I, I, I could see the knockout coming. It would just be more early. And Claudia Silva takes a little more of a beating than that. He's one of those guys that can be a punching bag for two full rounds and get that submission like you're saying. Give me Kraus by uh, 29-28 decision. I think the way I see Silva getting around is just by uh, having control for like three or four minutes of a round that it's a boring, stifled round. Uh, but I think that's where he blows his wad, going for something that he can't get. I totally agree with that. I see a lot of that, but I'm, I'm thinking that striking comes through for Kraus eventually. On DraftKings, 8500 for the decided favorite against Silva, 7700 Um I like Kraus in that 30-40% range, probably more in that 60% range due to the lack of uh, cards that I'm going to be having over the weekend. But I do feel more comfortable out of Kraus because even if it's a decision, his output is much higher striking-wise. So, um, yeah, it's going to be Kraus or nothing for here. I don't like Silva in this spot, but I've never liked Silva, so maybe I'm biased because I feel like I'm going to fade Silva and he just keeps proving me wrong on wrong non-stop here so i have two conspiracies uh, and one of them's concerning the next fighter but i'll only give you one do you want my conspiracy that michael jackson's qa non or that jimmy the brute crute started the coronavirus (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna go with the crew give me the crew for 200 okay I'm just saying that there may be a lab in Wuhan, China that has a similar <laughs> logo as the tattoo on Jimmy the Crew's chest. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. But I know this this is Lap B, but it's also the fight guys. <laughs> Definitely in there. At 205, we have a marquee matchup with Modesta Bukakis coming in against Jimmy the Brute Crew. The 11 and one fighters had a lot of hype behind him, getting a lot more here, beating Lord Omlianchuk in a submission seven months ago. Prior to that, losing to Shurkinov in a submission, Peruvian necktie, but really showing that uh, gas tank a little bit for crew. Once he gets pushed into that third round, you know, it definitely starts to slow down a little bit, but showing that his striking is definitely building, coming out of that Greco Swede style out there. Crute knows that he got to get into the ground. He has great Kimura series, side uh, arm series, even front headlock chokes. It's just been that gas tank. Again, in that third round against that level competition, we've started to see him wear a little bit, but it's because he's constantly swinging to get into that clinch to get it to the ground. Uh, and Cherkinov was able to use those takedowns to neutralize and wear on that gas tank where Bukowska here tends to like to be a striker. 11 and 2 fighter coming out of Lithuania. I know he has training out of Chantis Combate, but I feel like he was actually over at Jackson Wink for a bit. Um, tr- went to the States and did a little bit of traveling. Uh, Beating Mikolaitis in a TKO retirement in between rounds two months ago. Um, I don't know if he's UFC level caliber in there, but Jimmy Crute definitely is UFC level. But I think Jimmy Crute has to get it to the ground. Striking Bukowskis has his best potential to get this uh, win, but it'd probably be in that third round, but I think Crute wears on that gas tank over Bukowskis more than long enough to turn this into like a third round submission type of potential, and that's where I'm going to be going. Um, I do think it's a little steep here at minus 350, though, uh, for this young of a fighter, for both of these guys being so young, uh, but I do like inside the distance more than uh, that straight up line. But give me the brute crew here for a finish via submission. What do you th- guys think is going to happen? Have an evil twin raid 
the chat over here with his omniscient presence over here. What do you think you're taking in this profile fight? Ugh. Yeah, go evil twin. What do you think? Well, I caught half half of that slanderous uh, jargon, and I'll say it's been like two weeks, two consecutive weeks of straight up murder. Carlos Condit coming through. What up? Straight Not up. A Not a murder. Buckley coming through. That was Dukakis killer. coming through. You're Dukakis. welcome. Shut up. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> He's a douche. I made straight cash money all day the last two weeks. Y'all be dogging me. Y'all think that the fuck ain't real. Well, I'm here to tell you it is. I had a, a little bit of a slip up. I was trying to throw Emmanuel off his game by giving him bogus freaking predictions to mine. And it bit me. And that's cool. Back on track. Over 80% on my picks last two weeks. Bellator just started back up, just so you guys know. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't stack a damn. I, I I'll admit, when Tapology, when I was new to it, sure, I was, I'm just an MMA fan. Get to the damn fight. Nobody cares about your damn picks. <laughs> you already have them. You, I already sent you my damn picks. Oh, that's right, because I unlinked them. So anybody that's watching this garbage can go directly to Tapology, find me, and mine are not hidden. I stop with this trying to post them, this and that. I don't even care. You want winning picks? Go to my page on tap. Look them up. They're there for the taking. Boom. Done. Under topology, I am Moco. M-O-C-O. Like that stuff right around Emmanuel's nose right there. Moco. What up? <laughs> as far as the Jimmy Crew pick that you're going with, I... I've been back and forth, but I, I got Crute stopping it in the first. I uh, The more I'm looking, it's just not there. Um, I'm sure you guys have already talked about the fight falling off with uh, Serial, and um, it looks like you only got two more bouts. So um, I, I, I'm not going to go big into it because, honestly, this card is, card is not the greatest. I know Emmanuel and I have already gone back and forth on some of the stuff previous to this. Um, I'm not sure where he landed, so um, I'll leave you that, Cheney. Go ahead and, and give your two cents on the crew pick, but I'm um, going first-round TKO crew. Yeah, I'm going to go first-round submission. I see him hurting him on the feet a little bit and then um, going for, like, a stand-up choke of some sort. Jimmy Crew's nasty. Um, I do like the way he's also improved his game every time out. Uh yeah, I, I like Bukakis. I just, he doesn't show me enough yet as with UFC <laughs> caliber dudes. It's so just a funny name to read. Bukakis. <laughs> so, on DraftKings, you're going to pay a 9000 even for Brew Crew against Bukakis' 7200 I feel like we're all feeling like 9,000 is more than fair for crew. He's going to be the, one of the guys you're going to want to pay up for on the night. And uh, yeah, I feel, ugh, I'm not going to go super, super heavy throughout the night, but I do feel like I like crew for the finish or inside the distance if you're type of place. But the co-main event at 125 pounds, we have Jessica Andrade coming in against Caitlin Chukagian. This co-main event was 
up because of that falling out we had with Gagne there. But this is going to be Jessica Andros first showing at 125 pounds. She fought at 135. She won at 115. She's just going to round out of her career, make that 125 tap, or 125 round here. Andros coming in, being the much stronger fighter physically, always being outsized by every single one of her opponents at 5-1. The 20-8 and eight fighters coming off a two-fight losing streak to Zhang. Andros Namajunas in a split decision three months ago. Um, but I feel like Andros really showed in that last fight against uh, Rose that she still has five-round cardio. She still is able to get hit and move forward. Zhang finished her early, but she's not looking to be punchy at all whatsoever. So... Uh, she's a swarmer. She's very John Lineker-esque. Uses her striking to get you to down even to the ground. She'll shoot the more takedowns on top. Just kind of swarm you. But she's very flat-footed. She does eat a lot of shots. And stylistically, her worst opponents are at-range fighters, which is Caitlin Chukagian. She is a Keon fiend. She's out there with Holly Holmes, staying at distance, throwing leg kicks, of hitting that pad in front of her opponent nonstop, just having a ton of output, but really only landing half of it, not having tons of power. Uh, she has landed a couple more takedowns as of late and had middling takedown defense. Last beating Shevchenko in on the ground, losing to Shevchenko prior to that, but beating Maya Jojo Calderwood, losing to I in a split decision. Uh, what I don't like as of late for Chukagian is that her she has... <laughs> Chu, the blonde fighter is pretty rough one but uh, she recently started talking to the press in Abu Dhabi that uh, she's looking to round up her career if she doesn't go on a run here soon and she's looking to have kids and actually change her entire career she's ready to move on at 31 years old from fighting so again anytime we hear any fighters say anything like that at all whatsoever it's a big red flag uh Chukagian saying she maybe has only like three or four fights, depending on whether they're title contenders or not. Um, so here, I feel like Chukagian starting to realize that she's never going to get a belt. She's probably now she has to face nothing but murderers, and Andrade is going to be someone to stay in her face. But stylistically, again, this is tailor made for Chukagian to stay on the outside and win a controversial split decision. Uh, but I do think that Andrade is able to finally uh, corner her and even get a couple takedowns. Uh, maybe one land or two hard punches, but I feel like this turns into kind of a boring one. I got a 29-28 type of a decision for Andrade uh, in a co-main event. I feel like this one's going to be pretty hesitant as far as the betting lines go for me. It's a close one on the betting lines as well. What do you guys think is going to happen in this one? I feel like I'm crazy, but I like Caitlin Chukagian in this fight. I think she's so much longer, and her kicks are so much longer that she can kind of keep uh, Jessica Andrade at distance a little bit. Uh, her ground game's gotten a little better. I know we watched like what Shevchenko did, but that's so different than Jessica Andrade. She's just not to that caliber. And I think that it's like that nasty knockout to KK is... Um, she just got pieced apart by Jessica Andrade. Tisha Torres isn't the same Tisha Torres. I think Tisha's game's gotten better that she's gone back to her kicks than back then. I don't know. I've just kind of lost faith in Andrade over the years. So her moving up in weight because she doesn't have any fights to win at 115 is kind of weird to me where I feel like Caitlin has kind of been like getting everything in line. I even like the camp she's at. Um, 
she's isn't she with like Frankie Edgar and those dudes or uh I feel like she's in those that area I don't I can't think of uh her specific training partners off the top of my head though how are you going to hang out with us live if you aren't following Zoltanite on Twitch? In fact, if you want to find E anywhere, you can find him everywhere at Zoltanite. And if you're looking for me, you're going to have to look at Conspiracy Chicken. That is where I've been laying low. And don't forget to switch all your platforms to the Fight Geist. Back to the show. Oh, I'm going to, um, I mean, I, uh, by sheer math, I have to agree with one of you, but I disagree with both of your calls. I absolutely think that this is a great move for Jessica Andrade to go up to 125. She has been able to show in both weight classes that she carries her physical strength. She clearly goes for a grappling-based attack. Chukagian's losses are coming on people that outgrapple her. That being said... Chukagian also, to even compare to Holly Holmes, is insulting to Holly Holmes. She is like a half-breed of a Jessica I. Page Van Zant type of a striker. But Chukagian's one of her biggest deals is she gets put up against the fence way too easily. Against a shorter, stouter fighter, that is the worst place to be. I agree that she does Kia and she uses her kicks. But Andrade is going to look to close the distance. And Chukagian doesn't have the power to hurt her on her way in that I believe you could always catch a knee sure this but Chukagian isn't that she throws the straight kicks she throws um uh, traditionally kickboxing she's not really on all around Muay Thai strikers so that being said I got Andrash putting her to sleep via submission or tapping her in the first round pushing her up against the fence dragging her down and getting that choke getting that arm getting that leg forcing the tap because Andrade is going to try to muscle her like she does everybody else. And I haven't seen Chukagian have the physical strength to outmuscle a lot of girls. She out-techniques them, but it's still not the same level as a Holly Holmes. That's why I'm giving her like a Jessica I, Paige Van Sant hybrid. That That's as best as I can give Chukagian. That's not a top five person. Definitely on DraftKings, you're gonna end up paying eight thousand four hundred for Andrade against Chukagian, seven thousand eight hundred. I'm leaning with the evil twin here a little bit. If there's a fighter I'm gonna pay for for eight four, I do feel like uh, Andrade has a much higher point potential than if Chukagian wins in a decision. Be a fifty-five point average, so at seven eight, still not going to be worth it for me. Where Andrade could score a hundred if it's a first round. I think it might end up turning um, into, as I'm saying, a decision. But I still think uh, Andrade has much more advances on the ground, especially if she gets those takedowns, as Evil Twins predicting. But I don't think it's crazy. Uh, the Chukagian line. Um, I think that she has. A avenue of decision, boring fight. Wouldn't be the funnest for the fans, but it is an option. It definitely wouldn't be the funnest that Chukagian wins, but I don't think they ever are. Absolutely right. She's never won a fight of the night, ever. You can bet on that. You can bet on that. So another one you might be able to bet on throughout the night is the main event. We finally got there. 
at 145 pounds, we got a stylistic clash of supposed titans here with Brian T-City Ortega coming in against Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie here. The 16-5 and fighter, Korean zombie, is a longtime fighter. If you've been watching for a while, you remember the WEC days. You remember twister ever you remember those highlight fight of the year contenders against torres and leonard and i mean the two years he had to take off for the service but chan sung jung coming in revitalizing his career realizing that he has to get finishes in order to make himself relevant even though he is a high level black belt on the ground uh he understands that his striking is what's going to get him to that next level as far as a fan favorite and if you want to see any a testament to that, watch his loss against Yair, a fight that he won all five rounds, 10-8 essentially, and then got knocked out and was just, you know, super apologetic at the end of it. It was just like, I'm sorry to my fans uh, that he let him down. So really love the warrior spirit. Last coming in on a two-fight winning streak, beating Moicano in a round one TKO and Frankie Edgar. The Korean Zombies showed a developing striking level really uh, that ground game that he was notoriously known for and that solid chin has just kind of transferred over. At 33 years old, he's still young, but, I mean, we saw him when he was like 21, 22. So he's been in the game for a long, long time, but he's just finally hitting his stride here. On the ground, I think that um, he could even submit Ortega, even though that's Ortega's specialty, but striking there is such a gap in level of striking here. It's going to be almost max level, max uh, Holloway level ish. Um, here, Chan Sung Jung is just not as volume, even though he throws a shit ton of volume. He just has so much more power that if he lands half of the amount that Max Holloway did, Ortega won't be able to withstand it. Um, I mean, Ortega coming off of the biggest loss of his career, his first loss ever to Max Holloway, having a strike record completed on his face. Go back and watch that a year, 10 months ago. Max Holloway showing Ortega, hey, you got to cover this or you're going to get hit in the face. I mean, Ortega didn't only have that happen in that bout, though. He's had multiple other fights that he's won against, uh, who was it, Cub Swanson and Moicano in there, and even Clay Guida. Clay Guida won the first two rounds if you go back and watch that fight. Clay Guida outstruck Ortega. Ortega moves forward and just goes for the clinch, goes for the jumping guillotines, uh, will go for the ankle, has not a good takedown. Maybe he's worked on it, um, but his striking is just very volume-oriented, but not much power, and it's not smart selection. It's just kind of spams at you, where against Chan Sung Jung, he'll counter that. Um, so I feel like that it's submission or bust for Ortega. And here I feel like chance I'm going to land way too much. And Ortega for me is a bit brittle. I feel like in even the fights he's won, he's had to have multiple surgeries. Not only did he have his EPO bust because of his recovery from his knees, uh, but he's had his hands have been ruined in his last fight. If you didn't watch, he got all sorts of pins taken out of there, which has held him up a lot but he's just the guy that even in a win uh comes out hurting for a while and chan sung jung the korean zombie is not the guy that can be brittle against he's someone who will eat everything and counter it twice as hard so i think it's a tko round number two i was going to go round number three but i think uh brian ortega just can't eat those shots and once he can't get the takedowns or once jung gets back up off of the ground 
Ortega's just going to kind of be like, all right, I need to fight top 15 guys, top 20 guys, maybe not these top three guys. But I got Jung TKO round number two. Who do you think you guys are going to be taking in this main event? Hmm. I like everything that you said. I, I think it's like I, Brian Ortega doesn't have quit to me once he's inside the octagon. He's a guy that since the Max Holloway beating has been kind of a head case to me outside the octagon. But once he's in there, he doesn't have quit. He's one of those guys that can be a punching bag. Like, didn't his corner, weren't we all like, throw in the towel? Like, he wouldn't quit. He didn't have the quit. Uh, I think uh, Korean Zombie is a guy with no quit in there, too. The difference being is I don't see, like you're saying, Brian Ortega laying the volume as the fight goes on. I think his best chance is a flash, flash submission at the beginning, but I think the Korean zombie knows all about that shit. He has good takedown defense. He He's going to keep it on the feet everywhere that he can. I see it being like four rounds to one. I have it um, Korean zombie decision. I don't think he's going to lay uh, the kind of brutality at that Max Holloway. We've seen him go into those long rounds with people, like even in like the three-round fight with Yair where you're just like, gosh, this is so brutal. Um I think it'll be kind of one of those style fights. Like that's what Korean zombies known to do as the power wears away. Kind of, he can just keep laying um, the numbers down. So I don't know. I think this is going to be the fight of the night. I think it could be, definitely be one of a fight of the year potential. I'm hoping Brian Ortega comes out. And, you know, he was putting some decent hands together before the Max Holloway fight. There was a Brian Ortega that like things were looking like they were working out for him in that way. Like his ground game was on on fleek and so he was starting to work on his hands and it was coming together knocking out freaky edgar was no you know walk through uh but the max holloway really put a made him just put him to shame it looked like they're whoa there's levels to this but i i agree with you i think um korean zombie is one of those dudes that has that crisp striking can take a beating i don't know killer cardio i love him Korean Zombie is one of my favorite fighters, so it could be a total bias pick. But I got Korean Zombie. All right. Well, I guess it's unanimous, everybody. Korean Zombie all the way around. Uh, I'll keep it short because Emmanuel used up way too much of my time. Jesus, that was drawn out. But um, for everything you guys are saying, uh, I'm a fan of T-City, and I, I like what he's done up to this point. But... Korean Zombie has been in there with the best. Um, he has that natural ability to transfer power, and it doesn't look. Some people just have it. They just have power. Korean Zombie has it. It doesn't look like he throws with much emphasis. It doesn't look like he turns on punches. But every time he hits a guy, they know they've been hit. And um, it's just like the physical strength. Some people just got it if they don't, or speed. Korean Zombie has that ability to turn out your lights with something that should relatively just be deflected or kind of phased out. That that being said, Ortega, um, I don't think is going to be able to withstand that, and I don't think he quits. That's why I think Korean Zombie puts him away TKO in the fourth round. On DraftKings, the decided favorite, minus 190 as far as the odds are concerned right now, 8,600 for Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie against Brian Ortega, 7,600. You were saying, Cheney, a bit about the head case of Ortega. How do both of you guys feel about the entire uh, park, Jung Young Park, Jung Young Park, the K-pop star manager slapping of the face in the bathroom? 
right before all this COVID hit. I don't know hit. about any of this. So T City Ortega, the translator for Chan Sung Jung, his manager, a K-pop star in Korea, um, um, ended up K Park, I think is his name, K Pack, uh, going to pee during a fight card, a pay per view. Brian Ortega followed him into the bathroom and slapped him, and security had to break him up. He didn't slap Chan Sung Jung. He slapped his manager. That's some head case type shit. Like, go after Chan Sung Jung. He translated. He's like, I don't like what he translated. And he's like, well, he didn't say it. The zombie said it. Why are you going after his manager, you don't idiot? Don't kill so. the messenger. <laughs> right. Hey, you, know, you know what, though? T-City... I like I said I'm a fan, but that's some that's some uh what is it 209 or 509 or whatever the hell the Diaz brothers those guys aren't known for their intelligence and um I, by all means they he is a disciple and he mirrors that fighting style. Hit me 10 times more and wear yourself out and then I'll put up volume against you. That is Ortega's fight style. That is a Diaz disciple. Awesome, great. But they're not they're not known for writing books. No, I I like the, the knockout. I do like the ladder knockout if I see it coming. Like late three, mm-hmm. four, five, if I see it. Because Brian Ortega doesn't have quit. He'll be a punching bag for 15 minutes. Diaz. That's yeah. a Diaz. Yeah. Sure. Sure, sure. Um, but definitely much more finished potential out of the Diaz brothers is Ortega. But here at 8,600. Compared to most of their lines that we've seen throughout the night, over 9,000. Five-round fight, I don't necessarily... Well, is this a stackable? Because we're saying Ortega has volume. Um, but Yes, it's, absolutely. I think so, I like too. Korean Zombie doesn't mind getting hit and rolling with a f- couple of punches. 8,600 is not expensive enough, so I like Jung a lot here. I'm going to be in 70% range, but I like that other 20% to be filled with Ortega, potentially, as well, if not stacked, as you guys are saying for those extra rounds and output. Any other weird underdogs yeah, on the night, Twin? Oh, um, I uh, honestly, um, you talked about it a little bit, at least his manager, but um, I am feeling John Phillips versus June Young Park. Um, he's a plus 200 favorite. I know Phillips uh, is susceptible to the ground game and has been beat in that scenario. Um but he he went at least two rounds with uh, what is that? Uh, Chemayev. Chemayev. He only two. landed one punch, but two. he went two rounds. Hold on, sorry, the dog sees a squirrel outside. Oh, it's it's all good. But he actually landed two, but it's two more strikes than any other opponent in the UFC for Phillips. So, so um, and, and really, it's more of a fade on Park. I have not been a fan of any of his fights. Um, I, I don't know that he has the best fight IQ and he has uh, not a great gas tank. So more than anything, um, I'm fading Park and I think Phillips has uh, has a potential there for an upset. At a plus 200, it's, it's a stab, but I definitely feel like there's something there. As far as underdogs go for the whole night, that's the only one that stands out. Um, Oh, wait, there is one more. Emmanuel and I uh, argued about this one previous to the show. So I'm not sure who he decided with because he has this weird thing where he switches his picks <laughs> on fight day after we talked. Okay. But you know I gotta go with my boy Thomas Alameda. 
What's up? He is the, the favorite. favorite, but Emmanuel is was dead set on Martinez, and it it's a pick'em fight. It's a minus one twenty to a minus one ten. That's a pick'em. There's no, there's no. I mean, there's minimal. But I'm just I'm going with Almeida because Almeida comes out swings hard, doesn't back up. He's willing to go out on his shield. This is the to me the biggest step that Martinez has had in his career. Mm-hmm. The only guys that have put away Thomas Almeida are champions, flat out. Only guys that can put him away. The guys that can meet him with speed and power. Martinez arguably has some of the power. He doesn't have the speed to contest with Almeida. And he doesn't have the power of a Cody Garbrandt that can put Almeida away. So um, I think Martinez is about to rig or his way to victory through that bout is a decision, but I think Almeida 100% rushes him, rushes him and puts it away. Um, Almeida's been out of the picture for a little bit and uh, and, in his game. And for that reason, I think there's a great value play on Almeida. I'm definitely putting him on DraftKings all over the place because he's worth it. Brittle, brittle Almeida. I think Cheney went with Almeida as well. No. I Thank had you. I pretty much have all underdogs though. I have yeah, so many true. underdogs. I, yeah, I'm still on Martinez. I have not went I, same as against his previous opponents. I like what Martinez is doing in there. So Brittle Low Alameda. We'll see. We'll see. That's the fun thing about the fights is we'll definitely get to brag when it's all said and done. See who comes through. But that's actually the pro that's one of the fights I feel like is uh fight of the night potential. Because it is really close, and both of those guys come in with a fun, stylistic matchup. A banger. Absolutely. Definitely. Anything um, left with the evil one? No, the, the other ones are a lot of uh, just, they're, they're working on it. Um, we know we got Khabib in there. He's the, uh, uh, not Khabib, excuse me, Norma Grobmedov's cousin, Khabib's cousin, but. Uh, Nothing else that really jumped out that's like, oh, got to. Um, I think the Almeida and the Martinez is actually one of my favorite bouts on the card. Yep. Opposed to, um, you know, Silva versus Kraus. I'm going Kraus. He's taking it on short notice. Uh, that one should be fun because Kraus is uh, so game and, and just a, a I like Kraus tactician slash coach. Yep, but. Same. But um, I don't know. I think definitely my the most one I'm eager for is, is Alameda Martinez, and then it goes uh, T City versus well, Zombie. Oh, really? I feel like Zombie Ortega is the best, and then the second is Martinez Alameda. I really like that main event. Uh, the main event's good. The thing is, um, as far as finishing goes, I just see Alameda blitzing him, and he, he either gets put away. Or get does some putting away. Either way, you're he's gonna, gonna get put away. Oh, you better believe he's gonna get put away. You better believe that. You better. Believe uh, and next week, a evil twin. If you want to come for a little more time, if you can plan it for a little more time, because that card is disgusting. Oh, you guys do it on a Wednesday, and I'll set time aside Tuesday and Thursday. We got the coach status on. We're Perfect. we're coaching, so it is what it is. Uh, I'll be making them run laps if if uh, if they screw up. But anyways, for this weekend, it's it's a lackluster. It's better than two weeks ago, but it's definitely not last week. Last week's card was on point. Absolutely loved it. 
made all the right calls, made all the right cash. Emmanuel keeps saying that he came up with that. He even tried telling me he picked Buckley. No, I never said I picked Buckley. I have text messages where you're like, oh, yeah, Buckley's got a live dog. I'm like, I told you Buckley was all of it the whole time. Yeah, he's still a live dog. Doesn't mean I picked him. I tell you, you I picked you faded him, and then you turned around and said, no, he's a live dog. Get out of yeah. here. Either you're with him or you're not. <laughs> no, that is not. Styles make fights. I'm just start calling you Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani. Boom. Thank you. That's, That's a compliment. Funny. That's a compliment. Ariel Hawani's a douche. <laughs> the nose. <laughs> Dude, if you want nobody to make a pick, if you want to play both sides of the field, I don't even know why you're in the pick game. You you don't. That's That's not predicting. Get out of here. Go be a freaking Oh man. Forget you and Lucas. Look Lucas Fury. You and that guy. Boom. You're that guy too. What's up? <laughs> We're gonna call you man. Dated, dated reference. Dated reference there. So that's not gonna work for most of for our hardcores. Yeah, they're not gonna pick that one up. That's that's a more dated than you care to think. Years are going by quicker than you think they're bro. So you're definitely showing it in the chins region. Oh. So, uh, anything left? Ah, uh, you suck. Later. <laughs> God, still, don't know how he weasels his way in. One of the worst segments of the show. <laughs> It'll be fun with the bike, guys. I am actually going to work at getting the board figured out so that we can have the drop music for everyone. Um, yeah, we need to work on some kind of intro, even if it's just something kooky we put together we can't record our own our old video games <laughs> <laughs> or what about if it's just you like or if i do that part and then you scream fight guys fight guys <laughs> yeah, what up? It's just me and you. <laughs> be like a die ant wood song. Be like it'd be a die ant wood. That guy does a lot of that. Or so. how do we get a few different people to say it? Like, we'll have a kid say something. We'll have your brother be like, "This show's shit." <laughs> 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 so that one are you going to watch any Bellator on this Thursday evening no exactly oh. Cyborg's coming in main eventing it there being a huge favorite Bandejas is coming in um, I don't know I don't know any other names why we usually don't talk about Bellator but it's definitely going to be an interesting 11-card bout. I feel like it's just an appetizer for next weekend. The pay-per-view is on board, and it might be pay-worthy, dare I say, for that next one coming up. What do you think? <sighs> it might have to be, but um, uh, as far as the gov is concerned, it's always pay-worthy. <laughs> Absolutely, always. But always, um, always. I don't know. That Israel stream was on lock. It was on lock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of good fucking cards on it. I'm going to have to rearrange there my life around that. Quite a few fun fights on there. Definitely co-main event. Looking all sorts of sexy in there. Kutalaba Ankalaev for the eighth time is booked on that. So 
We'll get there eventually. We got a weekend ahead of us, so we got to fight pick championships. You know where to be finding us at Zol tonight, at Weekneck Baby, at that BMMA. Also going to be known as the Fight Guys. Yep, we'll be the Fight Guys. And I'm a conspiracy chicken. You can find me everywhere as that. Uh, I think I'm even Cheney conspiracy chicken on the Twitch. And we have been in been spending a lot more time over on twitch and we keep telling you old fogies to download it and stop pretending it's hard we know you got the hulu and the amazon and the uh, netflix and the hbo go and the abc me i don't even know if that's real (laughs) disney you can't just download twitch think of all the revenue we're going to get from all those shout outs that's going to be awesome well you can follow a whole community you can follow a whole no. community of other True. people on there and you can get their garbage picks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Ricky showing some love in the chat, by the way, talking about Bellator. Don't talk about Bellator. That's the best way to talk about Bellator. <laughs> what, uh, so, where are the standings right now with the fight pick championship? You're in first place. As we were saying earlier, we had Jimmy T and the big E over here getting 70 points in first place. Jacob Ethan at 65. Did Jimmy with T Montgomery put his name first? And then you? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think he did. Just saying. Conspiracy. Look into that conspiracy. So, Cheney uh, tie in for second as well. And Alpha with JG's are in third. But the overall standings, we got Alpha in first place at 520. Ricky MMA at 485. Grampy back and tying with him mma marks at 450 and fourth evan montgomery 440 jimmy t 405 tied with the big e at 405 and cheney coming in eighth at 395 100 points separates us all you can score 100 points in a fight pick championship it's i mean we got 70 last week it's just whether the alpha stumbles and doesn't get that pick in or of anyone. I know it's, uh, I have been trying to repost uh, to the thick people the link because it's the same link every week, everyone. I notice people wait for the link to come out and it's like there's a good chance to probably <laughs> just check it. You could just click on it and it might be updated. You can tell because the fight card's right there. It's like, do you want to go into right. this fight card? So this is all inside info, inside pool for the Fight Pick Championships. But for all of our fans, they know. They know it's part of the game. We ain't slipping. I know. But but this is the one part that I did. We do only have a couple more weeks for mini belt season. I know like like this. (laughs) I know. It makes me think like if you win three mini belts, can you trade them in for a big belt? I like that idea. I absolutely like that. We'll have to see running by the commission here. Um, we got Ricky, by the way, talking about your conspiracies. He says, yes, you can trade it in for a big belt eventually. We'll see where that stands. The commission being in on the chat here. I love aliens, is Ricky saying, and I can't wait until the stumbles. So <laughs> guess we'll see. um, the stumbles in the fight pick championship. I would like to get into aliens too. And actually on the idiocalypse, I was thinking I want somebody that's nerded out on space and aliens and different planets. And like, it's been Mm -hmm. a long time since I geeked out on those topics. Like, yeah, those are fun ones. So NASA is such a nerdy, like a 
you know, sham that it's hard to geek out on space, but there's still so much fun stuff about space. I like Absolutely. the fake moon idea. The artificial moon. Yes. Am I supposed are you leading me? Oh, I thought you already knew so much of it. Like I like the idea I like absolutely do. <laughs> I know. So I know you always play dumb. I was so I was just like, Oh, I like the artificial moon idea. I figured you were gonna be like, Yeah, that's a cool one and maybe add to it. Yeah, or not. no, that's dope but... as hell. Look into it. Just give me that Eddie Bravo gif. I'm always I'm never like, nah, bro. I'm always like, What? what I, you know, I like to keep myself in? informed. What's that? What conspiracies do you believe in? Oh, there's too many. There's too many. Too, too many. Um, what conspiracies do you believe in that aren't already debunked as conspiracies? What will you go <sighs> on record and put yourself out there and say, that's bullshit, JFK, that's bullshit. JFK was assassinated. Boom. By the government. It was, it was an inside job. As 9-11. I'll agree with both of those. I don't even feel bad about saying those. Like... The government had something to do with both of those. So pick which one you want to chastise me for. But that's the beginning. If you want to get a ghost and a well werewolves and all sorts of demon stuff, <laughs> you could you, you come down to your boys as well, as well. But that's for a different podcast, a different time. Hey, we just this trying to is make the fight, guys. <laughs> we can get weird. Absolutely. We can't get weird. For sure. Okay. For sure. But quick, I think it's a perfect way to end and bring it all back. Do you believe in any zombie conspiracies? Yes. Absolutely plausible. Um, not only is there multiple zombie drugs with scopolamine um, that has been uh, tried in with a lot of even aberrant. I know Fugu, the pufferfish uh, poison, has been used to catatonize. And even there's a zombie pickle. Where if you keep feeding these people pickle or a zucchini with a certain treatment and you don't give them any salt, that they'll be essentially your zombies. They'll get dilly hard? Absolutely, they'll get their dilly hards in there. So, yes, uh, zombies are plausible. Brain eaters, uh, that has to be, you know, China has to come out with a really good virus for that to happen. But I don't think that one happens naturally. Brain eaters is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I there know. is people that, that are suggestible. I see that on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, it's, you know, but uh, reality is stranger than fiction, people what say. What happens if you eat the brain, though? If you eat human brain, what do you get? Kandaru? Kanduru? Kuru? <laughs> Kuru? Where is Kuru? that? Yeah, yeah, a brain disease. Yeah, it's nuts. Not good. Oh, mad cows. Do you know what mad cow disease is? Kunguru. It's because they're feeding them their own damn brains. Yeah, you can't feed a species its own self. Or they'll get, exactly. or they'll get the roo. <laughs> exactly. It's not good. Okay. So See, that was a good way to bring it all around to Korean zombie again. And, um, Korean zombie. Get it done. <laughs> yeah. So all love out there. You guys be safe. Thanks for listening. Let me.